Hi guys, welcome back to Launch Break. Uh, we're here with episode one. I'm Ben. And I'm Olivia. And you will hear us talking today to our very own co-founders, Pete Sabin and Gideon Hyde. Now, as a side note, on this podcast, we will also be talking about corporate entrepreneurship and everything that that means. So if you think you're a corporate entrepreneur and you're interested in finding a bit more about how Market Gravity could help you, or even in attending our Corporate Entrepreneur Awards, which are on Thursday the 22nd of November at the Design Museum, then if you head to corporateentrepreneurawards.co.uk, you can enter a nomination for something you've done um, or find out a bit more about the awards. Also at the beginning of this podcast, you will hear our funky new jingle, which was recorded for us by our very own Simon Jacobson, who makes music every day. So shout out to Simon for doing that. That was absolutely awesome. And if you want to hear more funky tunes from Simon, you can look at his Instagram, which is I should have been a DJ. Yeah, it's so great. Thanks, Simon. We love it. So let's welcome in Pete and Gids and get started. So, Pete and Gids, uh, welcome to the studio and welcome to Launch Break. Um, today we're going to be talking all about your journeys uh, and market gravity. Um, so, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves, about your stories and what's led you to this point? Yeah, sure, Ben. Lovely to be here. Um, I guess I started in advertising and marketing, which I very much enjoyed. Um, always been fascinated by customer and how customers see the world realised that advertising was one chapter in a book of marketing and marketing was one series of books in a library full of business books. So I wanted to expand my horizons. So I, um, I kind of went off and did a, an MBA. I got fascinated um, in entrepreneurship, doing my MBA. And post MBA, I became a, a failed entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, earned my spurs, I guess you call it. I tried to launch a fast food franchise, which I guess today would look a bit like Leon. It was all about hot, healthy fast food, which back in 2000, I think would have been quite different to, yeah, to Pret. Yeah, it was uh, great fun. Um, I ran out of money, had a lot of fun, ate a lot of uh, paninis and wraps, um, and kind of learned, I guess, the power of rapidly prototyping things before going to market. So at least I learned something. Um, and I decided to go and work with the professionals. So I joined a company called Eden Jean, met the gentleman to my left, uh, Pete, and uh, took it from there, really. Uh, and from that point, you know, got hooked on helping large companies, corporates, to be more innovative and entrepreneurial. So that's my story leading up to MG. Awesome. Pete? I guess my, uh, my own story of big company innovation started um, with a Mexican mobile phone company. So I, was, I found myself working somehow in an American IT company and we had a project to set up a new mobile phone company in Mexico, really early days of mobile. Uh, I thought we were there to put in a new CRM system and get the old customer experience stuff working. But when we, when we arrived, we realized that there was nothing else and it was actually starting from scratch. Right. And they didn't have any customers, they didn't have any infrastructure, they didn't have any products or services yet. Um, so it could have been a terrible idea, but actually it was brilliant because there was a team from Nortel in Canada, there were a bunch of people from uh, Telmex in Mexico who were the kind of host 
uh, organization. And then loads of people from my company, this, uh, this American IT services company, and we just set up a new venture from scratch. And it was one of the best you know, sort of uh, experiences that I've ever had. And I got the bug of big company innovation at that point, and in one shape or form have been doing it ever since. And then both of you decided together to found Market Gravity. Yeah, well, I think um, Pete and I, you know, worked together a lot at uh, Eden Gene, which was, a f I guess, a forerunner. Um, and in particular, worked for a, uh, an energy company, RWE, or in the UK, Power, as it's called, uh, helping to set up a new energy services business called Home Team. And I guess we quickly kind of got the bug for it there for kind of helping to take ideas and propositions and concepts to market and it was certainly an eye-opener for me because I was a consultant who was at the time creating a business plan. I then became the interim sales and marketing manager so I had to kind of deliver my own spreadsheets which is quite, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, be careful what you wish for moment. Uh, I had lots of fun and games setting up that, that company with the client team uh, plus the MG team. And we made a, a mini acquisition at the time as well. So we got some a new company coming into the, to the mix and it was just fantastic. It was just really enjoyable to actually see all these kind of PowerPoint slides and numbers on the spreadsheet actually come to life as a proper working business and how that actually has to operate in the real world and what you deal with in the real world is very different to what you put on paper. So I think that's why I got the bug for corporate innovation and, and Pete was very much instrumental in, in that and, uh, and what together he, what, we launched what he, it. What he's not saying is that we created two businesses at that time because as mm -hmm. well as Empower having home team set up in the evenings when we got back to the hotel, we were working on the business plan for market gravity and uh, and the outcome of that uh, particular period of time was uh, was both businesses got created. So Empower had a new energy services business and we got our plan to uh, set up a new company um, to take on corporate innovation and, and you know bring that entrepreneurial spirit into the consultancy business ourselves. And the fascination of new launches for corporates was born. Yeah, I guess the, the name, um, maybe Pete and I shouldn't be uh, in, in branding, but the name was just literally let, let's, let's be market-led and let's make sure the ideas land with impact and create impact in the world. So um, market gravity was very much kind of born of that concept, all about launching things, getting things into the hands of customers. So it was always a, I guess, a concept, an idea beyond our capability in a way. It wasn't about what Pete and I could do as two people. It was very much about what do we want to do as a, as a bigger business. And that was all about helping corporates launch things into the marketplace. And on that note, can you elaborate a little bit more about what is special about MG's approach to design and innovation? For people who can't see Pete, he's waving his hands in the air now. <laughs> I got at this. this moment. I got this one. <laughs> all right, I got this. There's three things that are important about it. Well, one is that you've got your, your target customer in the design process, right? They are creating it themselves. We bring them in right at the beginning and we keep them involved all the way through. So that's either in the original insight of what's the problem that you're trying to solve, whether it's that idea generation and co-creation around the concept, or whether it's around building prototypes and testing them and understanding feedback from those target customers about what is it 
that they would do to improve this and make it better. So the first element is that of customer centricity and, and getting customers design their own products. Second bit though, and it's often overlooked, is how do you take that big company with you? And this isn't a skunk works type business where there's mavericks in the shed over there doing something secretly and then unleashing it on the world. You know, it's a team sport that we get involved in. And when we've done it well together, it'll be high profile within the business as well as out there in the market. And we want the whole organization to get behind it and celebrate this kind of success. And then the third element of it, it's not just a creative endeavor, this is a commercial opportunity, right? This is about making money for the clients as well as solving those customer problems. So we try and fuse together in our approach some great customer insight, really good commercial thinking as well. Um, and then I said earlier on, the making it happen. So we've got the uh, we've got the operational and the technical expertise to be able to actually launch this thing into the market, and that's where the uh, that's where the rubber hits the road. Uh, and what capabilities are there in market gravity that you you feel like they're really special and they bring these things to life? The th the thing that everybody has is that kind of unrivaled, un unwavering positivity and optimism about something's worth doing and we've got the ability to crack that problem. Yeah. So I think that's the kind of the underpinning. But over the top of that, we also add uh, maybe three different types of skill or background. So there's some people in the organization who've come from a research or an insight background. They're brilliant at understanding customers, spotting opportunities, really listening to what the problem is that they're trying to solve. But often those people have been maybe a bit frustrated in the past by not being able to see it through past the debrief sure. and just end up doing a strategy project or a, or, or a research study. Uh, and then the second group of people maybe are from a consulting or a commercial role in a big organization already. So they've been around product management or they've been around strategy or they've been around kind of commercial uh, roles within those big businesses. Um, and, and really that's about you know, honing those entrepreneurial skills and doing something new. And the challenge that you get there and the variety that you get in our kind of organization is unparalleled because you can take on maybe a dozen different challenges in one year and see them all the, all the way through. Uh, and then the final complement to that is, is the creative uh, gene, which you know, many of our team have come from a UX, UI, customer experience design background um, and have um, really embraced the ability to create something new from scratch be involved really early on, rather than maybe be briefed later about a design challenge when actually the, the customer proposition's already been defined. I think what's unique about Market Gravity is we bring these pieces together and we make one team with a fantastic, amazing culture wrapped around it and our clients right at the heart of that with their customers as well. And in what ways would you say the uh, being acquired by Deloitte has um, bolstered Market Gravity's ability to kind of deliver on launches? I think the Deloitte uh, acquisition of Market Gravity and Market Gravity coming into the Deloitte family has benefited hugely, but yeah. probably two really big ways. One has been the access to opportunities that we've had. Mm -hmm. Deloitte has an amazing network. You can pretty much walk into any boardroom in any company around the world and have a, have a, a sort of a compelling conversation and engaging conversation around that business and their objectives. And then the second bit has been more on the ability to build and implement and e execute at scale. Yeah. And that was a piece that we never independently had. We could create prototypes, we could run trials or pilots, but there was always something missing and we would team up with other organizations to help to bring that innovation into the market and scale it up. And that's something that we can now do together 
and I think probably better than anybody else in the world. I think it's an unprecedented, it's probably unparalleled capability of originating, developing innovation and then executing it you know, at, at, at scale. I think it's such an exciting time for market gravity because of that, because of the opportunity available to us. So we, we've got this rapid approach, it's wrapped in a commitment and an enthusiasm for, from the MGers tackling these problems, backed by some core capabilities that can bring these to life, and Deloitte's massive capability. I know there's also a set of principles that market gravity work by. I was wondering if one of you guys could talk us through those sure. as well, because I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think these are hugely important. It's the kind of unhidden capability, as it were, and I guess when you're creating a new business, particularly one in professional services, what is the thing which is really unique about that business? And typically, it's going to be the culture, the way you think about the world, the way you turn up, the way you show up, the way you work together. So uh, we've always set out to have an entrepreneurial culture. So we welcome kind of entrepreneurially minded people into the business. Often MG folks have got their own business ideas bubbling away, or they may have even started to take some of those ideas to market. And we encourage that and we welcome that. So within our culture, we've got four values which really underpin how we go to market. So our kind of main value, I guess, is go together. So go together is hugely important. No one's bigger than all of us. And together we can, we can face into challenges and we can, we can succeed together, bring all those skills together onto the pitch. Um, then we have bring energy. So as Pete's already mentioned, this sense of optimism. You can't do innovation work without being uh, an unashamed optimist. You have to see the glass always as being half full. Um, and you've got to spread that around the, the business. You've got to spread that into the clients and affect the clients with that sense of anything's possible. Don't be scared of ambiguity. Face into it and good things will happen. Um, then we have take ownership, which again is hugely important for us. As a small business, we have to allow you know, all the team to be empowered. Um, we can't have a hierarchy as such. Um, innovation really isn't an expertise model. You know, um, we don't have a model whereby, I guess, the more experienced you are, the better you might know what the solution is. You might have a better understanding of some of the problems or a view on the methods, um, the toolkits you can bring to bear, but you can't really have a, a better view on the actual solution. So that's where we talk about loving the problem, not the solution. That's really important. And then we have challenge hard, which I guess is that the heart of innovation. It's that kind of mantra of innovation happens when happy people fight. Yeah, yeah that's the kind of thing you want in innovation land. You want that kind of um, transparency and that permission to kind of come in and challenge one another and to look at ideas from all different angles and, and work things through and test things and kick things and all that kind of good stuff. And those four, they were, uh, they were a product of our formative years so the team came up with those four as a consequence of us working together when we decided as we're going to start scaling up how do we make sure that we have a common set of cultural values to be able to guide and sort of give us those you know give us a steer into the future so it's actually it, it wasn't something that we wrote down at the beginning and said yeah. we want to live by these four values and it was purely a kind of a leadership thing it was absolutely um, you know authentic because it came from the team that was living those values, trying to work out what is it that's distinctive yeah. about this place, and that's where we landed, and it's been really helpful. It's important to note as well then, uh, we might get onto this in a minute, but that um, 
if you look at the kind of things we've launched, you know, again, it's not an expertise into an industry as such. It really is how we bring those values to bear in our work. So the diversity of projects or missions in NG language. So you've got things like Car Genie for AA, you know, is completely different to um, the B Digital Bank for Clarksdale Yorkshire Bank. Yeah. You know, it's completely different to some of the stuff we've done over the pond in Canada with the uh, lottery over there in terms of launching Geo, um, which is a kind of a, a gaming um, concept in the physical environment, so very different. So I think we're very um, adept um, and proven at bringing innovation and innovative process and techniques into different industries. It doesn't really matter as long as you've got those values and enough kind of tools in your toolkit, you can work in any industry and launch pretty much anything. I think as a relative newbie to market gravity myself, and Olivia, you can probably reflect this as well, that it's not only that those values have come from the MGs, the staff that market gravity have got, but they, it's so obviously embodied by everyone in the company. Um, it's, it's a really refreshing place to come into. We've talked a lot about entrepreneurialism and this idea of corporate entrepreneurs. And I wondered, first of all, if you could elaborate a bit more on, maybe there's people listening to this who think, maybe I'm a corporate entrepreneur and it's actually really difficult. I'm struggling in a, this big company to try and do something new and I just feel like I'm having the brakes put on me the whole time. And perhaps what your advice would be for, for people like that. I think the, uh, the concept or the term corporate entrepreneur almost embodies everything about the types of clients we love working with. So, you know, they are a bit impatient. They're definitely ambitious. They are, um, you know, unashamedly uh, keen to, to kind of beg, borrow, steal, resource, whatever they need in their organisation to help them achieve their objectives. Um, but they're also great, uh, great, great leaders and, and great team players. Um, and they've got a really strong sense of the commercial realities as well as the the ideals of creativity so so corporate entrepreneur is very different to a to, to a private or a, a kind of a startup situation yeah you've got to know how to make the best in a big organization how to how to uh, marshal those kind of assets and how to as i said earlier take people with you on that journey rather than just uh, set out on your own as a bit of a as a bit of a maverick um, and we, we recognize that right from the beginning when we set up and we and we see that every year in the corporate entrepreneur awards so we organize an event as you know which celebrates and recognizes and brings together the best uh, corporate entrepreneurs from around the country and sometimes around the world who want to celebrate the achievements that they've had and they're all from very different industries but they come together and they've got a lot of common uh, traits and common challenges that they face and so our job really is to is to help them achieve their objectives rather than maybe setting out with our own sort of mindset it's very much they're the type of people that we work with what is the best story you guys have got of this approach in practice something which which really kind of typifies for you all about mg what mg is all about I, I love the example of Geo that Gideon started to talk about just there, which was, uh, it's the concept of, um, in the lottery, uh, it's a North American example, it happens to be in Canada, but it could apply anywhere in the world. Um, the lottery as a business and a concept sort of doesn't appeal to a big group of customers now. Primarily younger people don't play the lottery. Um, and why? Because relative to other things, 
it's not that exciting. It's not that in engaging. You don't get to experience something through it. You get to scratch some numbers and you might win something. So, you know, we came up with this concept of Geo, which was a, uh, a physical lottery where you could go and complete missions. And every mission that you complete on your phone, you photograph yourself or you complete the mission on your phone and you get entered into another credit in the lottery. And at the end of the period of time, somebody wins the jackpot on that as well. So there's still an element of winning and a, and a kind of game about it. Um, but that could have just been a, a nice idea that we tested in focus groups. Or it could even have been something that we persuaded you know, the British Columbia Lottery Corporation to launch. But instead of that, we said, I'll tell you what, over the next two weekends, let's create this game just using Instagram and a website and our customers' phones and a couple of dogs <laughs> and the city of Vancouver. <laughs> and, that, and that concept was alive for two weekends to test it out as a trial and see whether or not this thing could work. Will people actually change their behavior? Will they upload photos to it? Will they tell their friends about it? And will they get involved in the whole Instagram page and, and the website? And, and uh, it was a resounding success in that trial. And that's an example now where we've built the full-scale infrastructure together with Deloitte Digital to make sure that this game can scale and other people can play it. From challenge to customer insight to tested solution mm. and tested in an engaging way. Mm. Um, oh, we're talking 20 days, 22 yeah. days, something like that. It's unprecedented. So I think that's a really nice example. And the thing might have failed miserably, but it would have been a good successful outcome because in 20 days we could have tried something that we thought would work and then realise that maybe the concept isn't as good as we hoped. And then you prevent those big companies jumping two feet first into something with a, right. a load of money and then realising only, you know, after yeah. it's been going for 18 months, <laughs> wait, this is not what people wanted. So there's nothing wrong with a, with, a, with a quick experiment, which is a negative. You know, you say, I'm not going to pursue that, I'm going to do something else. Do you have a favourite project that you've worked on, Gids? Um, oh, there's so many. Um, sadly, no projects with dogs uh, <laughs> I can think of. Um, I, I'm going to mention B simply because it's, it's just a different um, end of the spectrum to Geo. Um, so if Geo was all about speed and, and quick learning, rapid prototyping, I guess it was quite a, uh, an unusual concept and therefore lent itself to that approach, which is fantastic. B was a... Um, an adjacent kind of audience and market for Clarzo Yorkshire Bank who are looking to re-establish themselves in the UK banking environment and say how do we become a challenger in this environment, how do we actually attract new customers into our bank and that led to a very different line of thinking. It was uh, uh, pioneered out of the marketing function by uh, Helen Page who was the Chief Marketing Officer and still is, um, and kind of her vision along with MG thinking started to create this completely new style, I guess, of bank, which is mobile only for a younger audience, very lifestyle orientated, all about helping people understand how they use their money, how they could use their money more effectively, how they could use their money to complete their own lifestyle goals, their own ambitions, um, without kind of redlining it. So it was much more of a kind of a lifestyle orientated uh, concept uh, with good banking functionality put into it. And a completely different brand, B was, was all about, it had a, a playfulness, I guess, about the brand and an optimism and a happiness and, a, and a, almost a celebration, which I thought was a, was a lovely tone of voice. And I, what I liked about it was how it had the journeys continued. 
So not only with B did we set up a completely new venture, we took it out of the uh, Clarzo Yorkshire kind of corporate office, we set it up as a, in, a, in a, an, another building, had quite a big team put behind it, quite a big cross-functional team. So these teams start with you know, half a dozen to a dozen people. When you're doing design, you don't want the proverbial you know, camel designed by the committee at that stage, you want a few people. Um, but then it expands as it kind of gets into delivery into a, a venture team of about 60 to 100 people. That was, that was great to see. Then it launched, as I said, the journey continued into uh, a concept called Studio B, which is on the high street, um, which is a completely different retail model for how a banking hall could operate. You walk into there, it's more about inspiration and again, more about exploration. It, it's effectively, it's putting the bank into an ideas box. So you kind of walk in almost into an innovation lab environment and the banking is around the edges. Mm -hmm. So it encourages a completely different conversation with customers. And as a consequence, and I, I believe this really strongly, that uh, as a consequence of B, Clydesdale Yorkshire Banking Group doubled their share price, attract amazing talent and have now just bought Virgin Money. And they have that growth and momentum behind them in large part because of the, uh, the story that comes with B. And you've just spent a week in B as well, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, indeed. So it, it's, it's on Kensington High Street, guys. Definitely go check it out. It's, it's an amazing space. Uh, drop in there. Just as you walk in on the left, what there is, is there's a, a group of labbers, as we call them. And this is basically a live innovation lab in Studio B in Kensington, on Kensington High Street. This is a group of people who, are, who they're not bankers. Uh, we've got Joe in there at the minute. He's an English literature and French major. Uh, <laughs> he's come in, a fresh perspective. And these are people who embody what the target customer of B are, working to produce new cool stuff for B with, and the learning loop for them when producing these new ideas is so short because they're creating a concept in the innovation lab, walking 10 foot out into the branch and testing it with a the customer there and then. It's a really fascinating process. Um, and yeah, I definitely implore you to go check it out. You've given a couple of examples of past projects that MG has done. Um, what is next for Market Gravity? Because I know internally we've been talking about different offices that we might be opening up, running Academy, which I think we should talk briefly about. But it'd be good to hear about what's coming next for MG over the next 12 months. There's lots of different dimensions of growth, so let, let's, let's take turns and we'll pick a few of them. So geography is, is an obvious one. Um, and we've got even more opportunity to open up new market gravity offices, studios in different parts of the world now that we've got Deloitte behind us as well. So um, lots of exciting stuff going on in Northwest Europe in the next couple of months, uh, particularly in Amsterdam and also in the Nordic region. Um, North America, there's lots of growth to go after there too, and we can talk a little bit more in detail about that. Um, and then of course in, in, into Asia and, uh, uh, and in Asia Pacific, where, where we already have uh, a small team in Sydney who are growing through the region and working closely with the Deloitte Digital colleagues there. Uh, but you know, into, into Hong Kong, China, and, and even Japan, we've got opportunities to grow there. So there's really no limit to the, uh, the options. I think our, our challenge is gonna be almost a little bit of focus and working out how on earth do we do that with a relatively small team, and how do we bring the kind of capabilities and scale it within Deloitte and, uh, and with new colleagues, uh, rather than having to do everything directly from some of our, uh, our original offices. Let me pick up on the Academy comment. I think one of the great opportunities of being part of Deloitte, you know, is bringing some more, you know, DNA, I suppose, into the gene pool, as I think how it was expressed, which I quite <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, we've got an opportunity to to start to you know sp spread ourselves about. And academy is a great way of doing that. So academy is, is a week's practitioners course exposing people to MG method, mindset, tools, approaches. Uh, it's a great opportunity, of course, to meet others of like-mindedness and to make you know new friends and, and new relationships, uh, and to work on real challenges. So at the back end of academy in a week, you know, uh, a, a customer-tested prototype is de is developed and showcased on the Friday. The team literally rocking up on the Monday. We've had a couple of hundred people now go through academy in, in terms of being part of Deloitte. Um, we're going to have a couple more hundred go through academy. That's not going to stop. Um, and they're running every four to six weeks and in London and now elsewhere, so New York, Toronto, Sydney. Uh, on top of Academy, we're looking at how we create a digital expression of it. So you can kind of put Academy into your pocket, which I think is going to be uh, an exciting development. The other element of the growth story that's really exciting is how do we bring in some of those other Deloitte capabilities into what we already do and vice versa. So if I give you an example, we're talking to a company about uh, sort of physically tracking and tracing different packages around the world uh, and, we've, and, and we're teaming up with the blockchain team to work out how could you enable that using distributed ledger kind of technology to, to, to make it impossible to counterfeit goods or to, to, to guarantee that your supply chain is, is sustainable and has come from an ethical source. Right? And these are things that there's no way that we could have done that independently and we can go to market together, solve some of those big industry problems and do it in a brand new way. Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the really exciting things around how we bring new services to market. It's not going to be the old fashioned time and materials sort yeah. of business model that consultancy has built up over the years. Um, and it's the amount of time or the numbers of people that you put on a project, it's going to be much more outcome focused, it's going to be having more impact and being smart around how you charge for that. Yeah. So you take those three themes I think, we just recap on them. One was about geographic and cultural expansion which is very exciting, one was about continuing to um, to distribute our, our methods and our, our approaches across Deloitte um, and the third one I think is really exciting is about creating a different type of impact. So outcome focus, but then really about creating new ventures and, and new IP. I think those three things are going to keep us pretty, pretty busy for the next year, and they're all exciting. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really fascinating uh, discussion, and hopefully our listeners will agree as well. Um, we've talked all about the MG way, uh, the methodology and principles that, that guide us um, when we approach these big challenges to launch ventures for, for large corporates. Um, thanks very much for joining us, guys. You're welcome. Looking forward to it. Pleasure. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Um, everyone listening at home, if you've got any questions or comments um, or just want to get in touch for a chat, you can uh, drop us an email at launchbreak at marketgravity.com uh, and we'll get back to you. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys.